Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You're listening to the Renegade Blitz, the best podcast for Steelers fans by Steelers fans. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz, at RBlitzPod, and at BlitzVideos. Read articles on RenegadeBlitz.com, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. And welcome back to the Renegade Blitz. I'm Ty Polk with Chris Ward and Brandon Walker. And now we're doing our, well, bi-week recap of the Steelers season so far. And at 3-3, three and three, it's been an up-and-down season. But mm-hmm. this episode, we assure you, will not be up and down because, ladies and gentlemen, it's official. We have a Point Park Quartet on this show today. We we would like to welcome, we would love to welcome, and it's a true honor to have Urinating Tree. He's known for so many of those great YouTube videos you see, like, for example, during the entire Antonio Brown and whenever the Steelers just couldn't get out of trouble, the days of our Steelers, uh, this week in sports, sports ball, which is basically an entire breakdown of the entire NFL week as it is. And of course, the haters guide to whatever other season of sports out there. And you tree, it's such an honor. Thank you for having me on, boys. Glad I could get make it on, man. I didn't no realize you all three of you were from Point Park. I thought it was just like I know like one or two of you. I didn't actually realize yeah. that at the time. Yeah, that's how we all met each other. Was was all at, at Point Park. <laughs> what class are you guys? Uh, I was I graduated in um I guess 28, like I was done in December 2017, but I graduated in the spring of 2018. 2018. Nice. What about you, Brandon? Uh, 2014, December 2014. You know, you get the walk. They only got one graduation yeah. per year, so 15. I got the walk. I'm a double graduate. I graduated with the bachelor's in 2017 and the master's in 2019. Nice. I'm 2010, so a little bit old, unfortunately. <laughs> Did you? I seen the uh, the radio dramas. Did you uh, go to WPPJ like myself? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I was um, production director uh, spring of my senior year. Uh, For three years, I was the news director, and uh, I noticed that you had radio dramas. Uh, I am the proud recipient of the 2016 Intercollegiate Broadcasting Systems Best Radio Drama. And when I seen those, when I went back, I was like, wow. That's amazing. Small world. Mm-hmm. I didn't but even realize. I did not time. have a. Oh, sorry. I did not have a journalism background. I was actually SAM, but I got a internship at ninety three seven to fan with. Without, I would like to say, without my man Jeff Hathor, there would be no Brandon Walker. So I know you listen to the fan and everything with Dunlap, and I know Sparky oh, yeah. and Muller. <laughs> oh yeah i actually guy. was i used to work for that cluster but i wasn't part of the fan i was actually part of the uh why well, 108 100.7 like cluster so like i didn't really have any affiliation with the fan per se i think i shadowed on one of their broadcasts because i kind of wanted to be on it but nothing really came out of it but around the I same thing that connection too yeah promotions assistant so i ran around everywhere yeah. uh for the cool. year and year and change before the pandemic 
of course. Yeah. I was but I was board op, so that was uh, a <laughs> I was trying to get in the board op, still trying, but it's it's tough now because they downsized a lot of stuff. Like when I started, it used to be about like 10 to 15 hours a week. I used to wait tables on the side. And then like once they CBS radio as it was at the time, they cut down, they laid off a bunch of people eliminated a bunch of positions so i went from like 10 to 15 a week to 10 to 15 a month and i'm sitting there like there's there's no point to me being here so i just like right i i I quit because it's just like okay 10 to 15 a month it's just like what do you do and then they got bought out by intercom i think a couple months later and now it's odyssey as they tried to bring me back on but now we started the pleasantries of our journey to here i gotta ask um of course how did you get your start as a YouTuber? And and your following right now is great with 489,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. I would say like, I mean, it happened like I, I dabbled like on and off for a while. Like I used like when I was in college, I mostly did it to like fly, like uh, hone skills per se. Like I just did like some it, it's really bad in hindsight. It was just like old like video game ripoff reviews like that sort. It's like it's not that good like in hindsight but it like helped me to really like kind of build like sort of like audio visual like kind of get that sort of stuff down youtube back then was like the wild west it's just like anything went you immediately put like anything by viacom it's insta claimed and they took it down it's just it uh it was interesting times but for the most part i had like stopped doing it for a long time like uh I remember my channel it, like lay dormant from something like it was like a different channel I started on. It was like 2010, 2011, did some stuff like just really just off the wall stuff. It's just like, whatever, I'm just doing it for shits and giggles. But like um, 2016 is when I kind of sort of came back into it. And I think it was like the 2016 election that really like kind of just like got me back into it oddly enough i thought it was just gonna be a one-off just ramble about some stuff for three minutes got some really old radio shack right in my room and just like you hear all like the rumbling and all that stupid stuff going on but then like you kind of get that spark back and i think that's like it's just like like one domino leads to another and then the cleveland browns had their first 0 and 16 season or were close to it make a video on that and then like okay one off next domino falls jacksonville jaguars really bad and then like, okay, yeah, this sucks. Let's do a video on it. And then you just do it. And then it just keeps going to sports. And then experimentation leads to haters guide. And then haters guide leads to the Super Bowl. And then you realize, okay, something could be here. So as I said, it's just like, I wish I had like, I said like, oh, I had this great plan and everything's like amazing. No, not really. It's just like, it was a perfect storm to be completely honest with you. And you tree, I was wondering, you know, being a popular figure on YouTube, um, how do you come up with content that's appealing to your audience? Um, is it just a natural feel or is there a lot of planning associated with it, like uh, scripting and so forth? I, there's a little bit of it. I know, like, um, I feel like there is a lot of scripting. I script nearly everything out that I can. I don't think I'm that good at improv, unfortunately. But um, I would say for the most part, I think there's like certain things that are like timing wise. But at the same time, you have to have the right like timing in a way for certain events like say like a team-based video or like a league-based video or something like that you have to like realize okay now is the right time to go at it because you've hit like the right point per se like say um like a couple months ago when um you know bishop sycamore came out it's just like okay i was just doing random digging on twitter and then it comes out like oh shit like things happen and then you have like a um 
turns into a full-fledged video. And then you have like, you know, baseball season, you have the playoffs right now, you have stuff going on there. World Series will probably be this week, I would guess. Um, you know, hockey came out last week. And like there are other videos that I feel like maybe there are some downtime. I feel like maybe there's, you know, like March, May, August. Get more of your passion projects out of the way, I feel like. Side note there. Uh, I wanted to say that I I don't know if you put any uh, footage of Bishop Sycamore in Pittsburgh, but it was me who was behind the feature camera there. Oh, at um, at Stow Rocks. Yeah, yeah, the Stow Rocks. It was actually at Woodland Hills. Yeah, it was played against the Rocks. Yeah, because like it was technically a home game for Bishop Sycamore. So Western PA versus everyone showcase. Pretty much. Yeah, they actually played my old. They actually played my old alma mater when they were uh, Christians of Faith. (laughs) Oddly enough, I'm just sitting there like, really? They played my alma mater. Like, holy shit. Okay. Oh, what house would you go to? North Allegheny. So as I said, like it was like one of the first schools they played. I'm like, really? They played them. I mean, they probably didn't realize it at the time. They needed something to fill the schedule. Like they're like a football powerhouse now, but oh, yeah, I was surprising to me. It's like came out of left field. All right, speaking of locales, you had a video last week. I mean, it was a couple of days ago on Thursday. Talk about how disgusting a certain organization that's in Washington mm-hmm. is. They happens to be my should be be my hometown. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up basically marinating in this. How do you feel about the organization? I know how you feel about it. And I know you should sell how you feel. He should sell the team because I read your your article, not article, but your video earlier today. How do you feel about that? Do you think he will be able to sell the team? They're going to make him force it to? Uh, well, if Donald Sterling could sell the team, I mean, Dan Snyder could. I think it's like a situation where you have to find like a smoking gun or something that directly connects Dan Snyder to everything that happened. Once that happens, you have to sell it. And it's probably going to be to Jeff Bezos or someone along that oak, somebody that has the money to afford it and have and be able to rehabilitate the image of what was once the Redskins or the football team or what they're what they're probably going to be called in the future. I mean, with the Sean Taylor situation, it just felt like a rush job. They said they were planning it for a couple months, but if you're planning for a couple months, like I actually saw the ceremony. It's just like really rushed, like 10 minutes. You play a couple old NFL films performances. You have like a quick narration, and then you just have like a bunch of random former Redskins or like Washington players that are just there, and it just seems rushed. Like they couldn't even get Joe Gibbs apparently. I don't even. I didn't even see Clinton Portis or Santana Moss because those are you guys. I don't know if I didn't I get get the scene. They didn't even identify any of them, so I couldn't yeah, tell who that's was who. Bad. Like, I mean, you think Lavar Arrington would be in like the two thousands yeah. or something like that? Like, I I couldn't identify anyone. Like, they could have gotten just guys off the street and called them like former Redskin players. It's like it's like some guy in like um, old Redskin apparel. It's like, hey, you look like a guy from '80s Redskins. So you go, go on the field, pretend you're a member of Washington. I get sad. Part of me is I can see them doing that too, <laughs> and that's that's oh, depressing yeah. to say. But that's just how like Dan Snyder works. Especially like you think because of like everything that came out, the emails, a lot of like controversy there. They think there may be more there too, even though the NFL says there's nothing going on, which I think is bs if we're going to be completely honest here but 
the, the, the family comes out and says they got really short notice of it, what you think they'd be the first to tell them, like, hey, we're going to retire Sean Taylor's number. I mean, this was one of the best players in your organization's history. Yeah. And you treat them like this. Yeah. But it's like it's like going off about like the 80s hogs and then just like having like a little backyard barbecue about it or something. It's just like it comes up with this rushed. I'm, they could give emails. I think they have a smoking gun. I think but if do. you're going to do that, you they're going to have to get crap. For what well, they're going to have to get a lot of people. I think a, a lot, lot of, of them are connected. Because, I mean, look oh, yeah. at the you people that are connected in terms of, of coaches. Like, I mean, LaFleur went through there. Sean McVay went through there. Kyle Shanahan went through there. Mike Shanahan there. went through there. Yep. What I'm talking about is other owners. That too, yes. I mean, yeah, you're I'm also looking at – Kraft. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. Jerry Boy. He ain't no angel. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jerry Boy <laughs> organized three straight moves. Rams to L.A., Chargers to L.A., oh, yeah. Raiders to Las Vegas. There's that whole issue with the NFL in St. Louis. I mean, if you were paying attention, they got hosed during oh, that I know. situation. Oh, I know about that. And, and I mean, yeah. it's going to come out that it's like, oh, they were they didn't act in good faith, which, I mean, if you were paying attention, it was pretty obvious. Kroenke threw the entire city under the bus. But, um, I mean, like, it's it's coming to, like, a, a – a, like a, a waypoint, I feel like, especially with like the NFL in general, like the years of like trying to focus on greed and money is catching up with them right now. Oh yeah. Or it's starting to. And speaking of law cows, you had tweets about the Steelers fans doing the wave at the game. Mm-hmm. And I was at that game and you betcha I did. I did the wave. I regretted it almost as immediately as I went back up and down. I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Uh, so what's your thoughts on the Steelers fan base and Yinzers overall? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not exactly have a positive opinion about them, but that's I mean, I was like, I'm part of it. Technically, I grew up like that. I'd probably be doing the same thing 10 years ago because, I mean, you probably have a couple drinks in you, especially on a night game. You're probably drinking all day. I, no, mean, I was for the sober, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking like yeah. other people. Like, dude, you're tailgating all day. It's a night game. It's like, you know, 50 degrees. It's like, I mean, fourth quarter. I mean, I want to I want to preface this. Seattle had three injuries during that game. And mm-hmm. every single time, no matter what it was, it was like the entire bench went to a knee, no matter what. Yeah. So there was a ton of confusion out there. But once they seen the quiet pleas out on the board and yeah, also you see, like, the, the, you the see Steelers the come out. Yeah, the Steelers started doing it was like, OK, the wave died. It was like it went through two rolls and that was it. They, yeah. they tried to start it earlier before that, but it didn't get traction. And it finally did. And it was like, and it's oh. like, dude, uh, dear. Even Seahawks then, fans were doing it. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I know that like um. I did hear that, but it's still like a really weird look. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It was a bad look. It, we it was talking, a bad look. We were talking on the podcast the other day too. You know, not only was it a bad look, look, but like, who who does the wave anymore? Like Brandon was mentioning, like that's like so nineteen nineties or something. The wave kind of comes around every now and again. I feel like it comes usually for like blowout games or just like baseball. Baseball. I, I there was a wave that happened at a Pirates game I went to this season. I think it was like an ugly blowout game. I think it was like. 13 to two. I think it was pirates winning that one. If I remember correctly, but yeah, I there's, they still do the wave. I've 
seen a couple waves at uh, Penn's games over the years too. Well, well, that's typically when the wave happened, especially when Old Mellon Arena was up. They just, oh yeah, were, they were just wild. Oh, like yeah. that corporate crowd going in the CEC PPG. I was like, you know what? I don't like it, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I mean, they needed a new arena. I mean, there's there's a charm about going up to like. F balcony at Mellon Arena and seeing the entire ice from the bleachers paying like 20, 25 bucks a ticket. But I mean, they did do, need a new arena. Oh man. So it, all right, let me ask a question. We're just freestyling it right now. What is your favorite moment that ever happened at Mellon Arena? Mellon Arena. I, I'll give Ooh. you mine and you answer it. I'll let you know because you probably would know of epic moment happened that people won't talk about. Known arena. My favorite moment, like the biggest moment for me, I saw there was uh, Darius Kasparitis injuring Eric Lindros. And it was like a, a kind of a weird moment, but it's like the one that like sticks with you, oddly enough, because I think that was his second concussion or his first concussion that kind of really derailed him. And it's like you think about it, it's like, oh shit, that was the end of Eric Lindros since prime. Oh, what yeah. about you, man? I'm gonna tell you the moment I know. You remember? I know you're an old school wrestling attitude wrestler era wrestling fan you know undertaker through mankind oh yeah that was so, iconic he's still he's still right there he's still like recovering off of that yeah dude i don't know how mick foley even got up after that i mean you have to be training properly one misstep you're like with broken bones everywhere Dear God, I mean, you obviously let him sit down for a bit. I think I remember like their old interviews with like Undertaker literally set, talking to him before. It's like, are you sure you want to do this? He said, yes. And then just like, you got to execute properly because if you don't, you're dead. You know, the second fall when he went off the cage, when he said that was not mm -hmm. planned. No, so, uh, really? I mean, all. that no. just broke. Jeez. It broke. So I did not realize. I thought that was scripted. Mm -mm. That wasn't. Jeez. I mean, that was I'm an sorry. incredible just... match in hindsight, but dude, Mick Foley had to be pretty much just banged up for weeks after that. And you two hard falls. And, and you tree, uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Steelers uh, this season? Uh, we, we thought Ben was done a few weeks ago, uh, mainly me and Brandon, but uh, while, while he hasn't been spectacular, um, he has shown signs of some life lately. Mm, I still think, like, if you think about it, he should technically be on IR. Like, they're always talking about his hip, his, like, throwing hand. His shoulder was banged up for a bit. Like, yeah, he's not prime Ben, unfortunately. There. Oh, yeah, you have the hip pad. You get the close-ups on, like, Ben's ass. And it's like you're talking about his hip. It's like, really? <laughs> oh, God. Really? You got to zoom in right there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to zoom in right there. You know it. Oh, yeah. They could have did a side profile shot. That's not appealing, though. People want to see the donk, apparently. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, Tree. All right. But I mean, like, I think the key with the offense, if it's going to go anywhere, you have to go through Najee. And I mean, you don't have the offensive line right now. I think for the most part, it's just Najee, like, fighting for yards, gaining like four or five. But I don't know how long you can do that. You're going to have to rely on the pass rush. You're going to have to rely on TJ, like you did last week. And you're also going to have to hope that, like, you can eke out a couple wins, maybe nine and eight, maybe best case scenario, 10 and seven, sneak into a wild card spot and maybe go from there. But at this point, like, I mean, if you have been 10 years ago, 
you're a Super Bowl contender. But now, unfortunately, it's just like the offense is too limited. All right. I'm going to ask this question because y'all know you've been talking about we love Mike Tom. He's great. But during a, especially this year, it's glaring this year. Do you think the Steelers are actually running a team when it comes in or they're running a charity? I have no idea. The, the thing with the Steelers, they've always been based on tradition. They've always been about, like, letting people play out their contracts. They've never really fired anyone. I think the last person they really fired was Todd Haley, and I think his contract expired. They, they like, either, like, their contracts expires or they retire, kind of like a Bruce Arian situation. Or, like, Randy Feetner, he wasn't really fired. His contract expired. So that's – I feel like that's what they kind of do with coaches. So, like – like especially with Art the Second, like he knows like his dad, he always like kept his coaches until they left on their terms. Chuck Knoll was there for about 20 years. Bill Cower was there for about 15. I mean, this is the 15th year of Mike Tomlin. So I think like while I feel like he is a good coach, I think like it may be the point where he's past his expiration date, and that happens to a lot of coaches, unfortunately. Like it happened with Andy no, Reid in Philly. Go ahead, man. Oh, Sorry. I was talking about with Ben when it comes to Ben. Oh, well, are they running that, a charity when it comes to Ben? I'm not talking it's about a, Tom and Tom. Same thing. It's it's a loyalty thing as well. It's um also like um like they they think like they owe him a lot because apparently they let him to two Super Bowls. As I said, I I wanted him to retire last year just because he looked like especially later on in the year he just looked rough, and he looks really rough this year. Unfortunately, when you look. And like footage from Ben from 2009, 2010, especially his maneuverability in the pocket. He just does not have it anymore. His body's just taking a beating. And I mean, prime Ben was a special treat, but now it's just like, he's just like, you're going to have to be like, you know, Peyton Manning in 2015, where you're going to have to have like everyone else, like drag him into an offense. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's like, the Steelers have like a weird way of doing things. It's like a traditional way. It kind of feels like, you know, the Giants with Eli in 2018, 2019, where you kind of like do it as more like a loyalty thing than anything. What about at least with the wide receivers? I mean, when you, if you're talking about potential charity, I mean, you could look at the situation with Juju Smith Schuster, but that was more by his own volition. And now mm-hmm. look at it him. was. Yeah. Do you think that the time with Juju is done and also talk maybe about the other receivers? I think like it depends how much he wants to take a contract. I feel like he was gambling this year on having a really good year and parlaying that into a massive contract. He did take less money than from Kansas City and Baltimore. And I think that was more because of the um, the way he felt and knew the offense. Like he didn't have to learn a new playbook or a new system or anything like that. And I think that's why he kind of came back here. It was a good safety valve, especially for the middle of the field. And I think um, – I don't know if James Washington's really playing. I think they're giving that role to Ray Ray McLeod. I think I did see that against Denver. He had eight um, snaps, James Washington. Yeah, that's a shame because, like, I think James Washington's a talented receiver. But it's just like his time's probably done after this year too. So you're probably drafting a wideout probably second or third round. I I mean, I'm guessing Colbert might retire too. But um, you have to think, like – this is probably the end for Juju because they have like cap situations they're going to have to deal with. I mean, you have some contracts coming off the books on defense. Joe Hayden's going to be a free agent. You're probably going to want to extend Minka long-term. You're probably thinking, Hmm, like um, trying to think who else is really do like a big contract per se. Deontay Johnson, Minka. Yeah. Minka is going to be the expansion. That's the big one. Um, 
Devin Bush, you got to think about him too. Like, is he going to be the option? Like you think he's going to be the middle linebacker of the future? Or do you think like he's capped out because the injuries have taken out like the spark of his game? So that, yeah, I mean, the Steelers have a lot of questions they have to ask themselves. All right. Who do you think is going to be the net could be the net quarterback for 2000? I know it's a little early third away through the season for 2022. If it's not mm. been, you think they're going to try to go after Aaron Rodgers? Because no. you've heard it. Or if you know, if you, I'm not impressed with too many of these quarterbacks that's coming out in this year's draft. Who would be your man if they had to, had a pick mm. for your quarterback? If they had a pick for the quarterback, if it were a guy out of the rookie class, I like what Malik Willis is doing out of Liberty. Like, I think he has like the kind of like sort of like dual threat quarterback system. He's shown flashes of brilliance especially at Liberty. I don't know how it's going to be, but I mean, most of the time, like it's just guys who haven't really like stepped up. I mean, you're looking at like um, a North Carolina quarterback who's kind of like there. Uh, Malik Willis, he's shown, I mean, it's Liberty. You don't know who he's playing. Spencer Rattler was supposed to be a big one. I mean, he's, oof, he's been bad this year. And um, I'm trying to think like, what about Pitt draft- in the back, in the backyard? Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said. Like, I think like, he has a chance to spike up the draft board. He's doing really well this year, but at the same time, he had a rough couple of years the past few years. So I don't know how to really like gauge him per se. He's an he's interesting case. That's what I mean. He might be like a mid-round guy who like, you know, gets a shot somewhere down the road. I can see that out of him easily. He's had a really good year. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of free agents, like, as I said, like, um, I would love Deshaun Watson. But unfortunately, because of his checkered record and also with, you know, the huge contract he's due and the cap situation, they're probably not getting him. I mean, if the Steelers want to keep going for it, um, who's really out there right now? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have a huge demand for him. I am. You're probably what Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's not really inspiring me that much. I'm Ryan Fitzpatrick. I could see Jared Do, Goff. Goff, uh, I'm mean, not really that well by Goff. I mean, like Detroit's going to have to eat up a ton of that salary for me to take on Jared Goff. He has not had a good year, well, but I don't know how much of that's Detroit and how much of that's him. Well, I mean, he was Rams decent in that in that game that. against Minnesota. He was he was decent there, but mm-hmm. I think that's just being snake bit. You said it yeah. in your own in your video. Detroit just. Yeah. You can win in you can win in in Ford Field if you're not the Lions or anywhere Pretty else. Much. Literal kick of God by Justin Turner, Justin Tucker. Sorry, I keep calling him Justin Turner. I'm watching the Dodgers game in the background. That's why I have that there. Um, I would say like um, I don't think who else would really be available per se. Like Teddy Bridgewater, maybe is like a a bridge quarterback, or do you trust like? Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. And at that point, it's like, okay, you roll the dice. I mean, because at this point, it's like, I mean, they say Ben's the best quarterback, but at the same time, I mean, there are a lot of guys that are comparable to him right now, maybe a little better, but not like 2010 Ben or like a franchise changing guy out there right now. Would you bench Ben right now? I don't know if they have anyone else, unfortunately. I, the Steelers wouldn't really, like, bench him. I think more or less, like, I think he needs to go on IR. Like, he's too banged up. Especially, like, with the way they're talking about him, the way he moves, the way he winces after he falls. Like, he's – I think he's legitimately hurt. 
yeah. especially with the way he's playing. I mean, I always felt like if he were like that bad, I feel like they're not going to like let him trot out there. They're always going to be like, look, you've done a lot for us. We're going to let you keep your money. We're going to put you on IR. We're going to let you go out with some dignity. I feel like that's how the Steelers would roll in that situation. But I mean, as I said, like, I don't know if the Steelers really trust Mason Rudolph right now. I mean, I like Mason Rudolph. I, I, I love what he did at Oklahoma city. He spiraled the ball, but like, he just hasn't been the same since that concussion in Baltimore or against Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, Todd, do you want, you want me to get some of these uh, questions from our followers? Yeah, sure. Go, let's go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, we kind of covered some of them, but we have one from uh Koi feeling at Koi feeling, uh, you tree. When did you first start watching the Steelers and, uh, who was your favorite player at that time? Ooh, first time I watched the Steelers was probably in the mid nineties, probably like, uh, the second coming of the Steel Curtain era, 93, 94, Rod Woodson, LeVon Kirkland, Kevin Green, Chad Brown, like those kind of guys, like they had some great linebackers and legends in that time. I mean, Bam Morris running the ball before he got caught with marijuana. I mean, but that was – those were some interesting teams. I mean, one some of my favorite guys that were like Kevin Green. Carnell Lake lived close to my neighborhood, so I kind of latched onto him too. So there was that. Um but for the most part, I would say it was around that time. Um, we have another one from at C.09. Not necessarily Steelers related, but what was uh, what, or he said his, but what was your favorite congratulations video to make? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'd probably say like uh, I, I had a lot of weird joy out of making no cups. No, <laughs> weird as it sounds, it's just like it was just like so bad. And it's just like it just like felt good because it's like. I like, I unfortunately root for the pirates and like, they, like, they, I always felt Cubs fans were kind of conceited. So it's just like watching them like eat it for like a couple years. It's just like, this feels good. Plantar fasciitis, huh? Eat it, Joe Madden. I got to ask this also, you, you do have some like long formish videos, like the days of our Steelers, as we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, there was also the collapse of Houston sports. Uh, oh, which yes. one of those were your favorites? Ooh, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I absolutely hated doing Days of Our Steelers by the end because it's just like I thought it was just going to be a one-off separating it, and then it kept happening every week, and then it happens on the field. And by the end, I'm like, oh, God, please stop. I don't want to do this anymore. As, you know, growing up a Steelers fan, it's just pain to just see that happen every week. It's like, oh, my God. So at least this is relaxing in the form. is like there's absolutely – it's like next to no drama happening off the field, which is – thank God. But I got um, three. Oh yeah. Hold on. Oh, all right, Tree. I'm sorry, Virginia. We are all excited to talk talk to you. One of my favorite things that you do is the legacy of failure mm-hmm. videos. I know one video that aged like milk. And as and capitals, I, I'm, I'm sorry to do this. Capitals. As a watching, yes. Mm-hmm. How did it feel? I, when, I'm sorry to disrupt you, but I'm a DC native. I'm a Capitals fan. I'm sorry. It's fine. How does it feel? How did it feel for you for them to win the cup? Eh, I mean, I, I felt all right for Ovechkin. You know, like those guys did all right. It's just like it was like the old memes of like the Penguins like beating Washington every year. It's like those stale memes. Like they died. That was more sad about that. Uh, if you actually think about it, a lot of those have just like fallen off like over a year or two like st louis won their cup in like two years the nationals won their cup in a year like world series in a year i think there was another andy reed won i think in like two years it's like jesus like the luck was just bad on a lot of those 
Although some of H, well, you know, Minnesota, Atlanta, Toronto, um, San Jose. But like at the same time, it's just like it's more historical reference at this point. One, I think one the thing. first one with Washington was more like shit posty than like historical. Yeah. One thing I got to ask, uh, because I want to ask other the other Pittsburgh Steelers fan who also does YouTube. How, how tough is it sometimes to go like, oh, God, now I got to talk about the Steelers. You, you mentioned it a little bit with like days of our Steelers, but in terms of like a week, a week by week type thing, like how tough is that sometimes? It varies more or less. Like it's a lot better when they win. Uh, although like in some cases, like the last two weeks, it felt like a little weird because like, I mean, they've let the opponents back in the game, even though like Denver and Seattle are kind of suspect, especially Seattle without a Russell Wilson. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like when they lose badly, it's just like, oh, God. You just got to rail on people for the same stuff. But it's like, I mean, they are what they are, unfortunately. You can't really say, like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, I mean, I wish I could say the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. I just I, I don't know if they are. But, uh, I mean, it, it varies more or less, I would say. Then uh, we have about like two more questions here from the our followers. Um, yeah, sure at no legged, how important is the next offseason for the Steelers, and what are what are some of your predictions about how it will turn out uh, the future for them? I think it's a transition year, especially. I mean, I think this is probably Ben's last ride, especially. I mean, as I said, like the injuries he's really taking on. I think his body's starting to break down. So you're looking at new quarterback. I mean, you have uh, issues at corner especially with Joe Hayden being a free agent, you might have an issue with middle linebacker, depending on how you feel about Devin Bush. You have like questions on the offensive line. Cause like Trey Turner's probably gone. You don't know what's going on with right tackle. I mean, you're probably going to grow with Kendrick green Dotson and Dan Moore, but how are they going to develop wide receiver? You're probably maybe looking at a depth free agent or somebody at the draft, but you're probably going to try and ride that offense around Najee. And then, that would be my guess. And then we have uh, this kind of like a two-part. They're kind of similar, but two different fars. Uh, Winston says, do you think this will be Tomlin's first year under 500? And Banshee, two time, uh, Banshee 2X, excuse me, says, has Mike Tomlin overstayed his welcome in Pittsburgh? I mean, with um, the Steelers' schedule, it's like one of the toughest in football. Their second half schedule is it's brutal. Like their next three weeks are probably the easiest stretch of their schedule. You're playing a Cleveland team that's banged up. Like, they might be without Baker. They might be without Nick Chubb. They're without Kareem Hunt. I mean, JOK is going to be out for a bit. So, I mean, if you're lucky, you'll go six and three. But I don't know. They might go five and four. Worst case scenario, four and five. Because if you lose to Detroit, it's like, dear God, just just go away. Um, but for the most part, it's um comes back to the point, as I said, the second half schedule is very brutal. I think they can go nine and eight maybe 10 and seven best case scenario. But at the same time, I mean, like I, I don't feel confident about their abilities in January, unless like the defense becomes otherworldly and with the lack of depth, especially without Tyson Alawalu, who I think is just a huge loss, especially that um, I don't know if you can really like survive like a long gauntlet, like against say like a Buffalo or a Tennessee or maybe say Kansas city, if they ever get their act together. I mean, it mostly depends. I can really tell, but also, as for Tom, oh, 
no continue ahead. off i'm sorry that's my bad yeah as i uh, no worries as i said like um like especially with the tomlin thing as i said i think he's a good coach i think he's top 10 i think like he still has value in this league i just fear he might be past his expiration date here and i mean as i said it happens to a lot of coaches it happened with bill cower it happened with chuck knoll it happened with like tom landry it's happening with a few other like really good coaches andy reed in kansas city so like it's nothing against tomlin in general it's just like sometimes you just like both both situations need to go their separate ways for the best of like both of their careers. So I mean, I got I'm hard on Tomlin. I mean, I agree with that, but at the same time, like I respect like what he can do with like lesser like talent and ability. Like say 2019 when he took like dragged the team like starting Duck Hodges at quarterback, rattled them to within playoff contention until unfortunately the wheels fell off. So I think that's like kind of the situation you have to consider with him. I want to get your take on the AFC North as well. Uh, I've been watching the last two this week's in sports ball. And uh, you mentioned about the Ravens after their Monday night comeback that they remind you of the 2017 Steelers. And then in your episode, you just released uh, today, as we record this, you mentioned that at five and one, this team has like so many situations where it probably should be two and three or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Indy just cratered on themselves. Lamar went into God mode. Justin Tucker or Turner Tucker had a literal Tucker. kick of God. I keep calling him Justin Turner. I'm I'm watching the damn Dodgers game right now. I just it's like cool. it's I keep cool. getting that confused. I have to remember that too. It's like geez, but well, Justin Tucker had a literal kick of God. Uh, first week, I mean, they should have won against Oakland or Vegas, and then they just fall off. Week two, they just I think blew a tire and then they come out and just destroy the chargers who I think are one of the better teams in the AFC right now. So I, I don't know how to gauge them. Be completely honest with you. I say 2017 because they rely on a lot of that high end talent. Like say, you know, Lamar Jackson, Justin, uh, Justin Tucker. I mean, you have some big wide receivers coming back. They do have some defenders coming back, but at the same time, is it going to be enough to like take them to the next echelon? And How do you feel uh, about Cincinnati right now? They're, I mean, a part of me is happy for them because they've been broken for the past, like, five years. I mean, they actually have hope again. You know, Joe Burrow, I mean, Jamar Chase is looking like a decent pick. I mean, I I, I, I was on record saying they should have picked Panay Sewell, but at the same time, I mean, they do, I mean, Jamar Chase is pretty good. I mean, let's not lie there. Uh, the defense is really starting to come into form. Oh, by the way, since if you're listening, pay Jesse Bates. He's really good. Um, Trey Hendrickson has proved he's not a one-year wonder. So I think they're really starting to mesh into something there. I don't know if they can really become a playoff team this year, but at the same time, they're at least better off than they were, say, 2016 through 2020. And I think that's the real victory since he takes from this. And what about Cleveland? That's been the one that – Everyone really had their eyes on this year. And so far it's just been, it's, it's the new factory of sadness, unfortunately, but it's because of just devastating injuries. I mean, it is like against Arizona. just, it it was sad because like they just got destroyed. There was nothing there. I mean, Baker's might be out long-term. I mean, his non-throwing shoulder is probably in searing pain and he's on like 12 different drug cocktails right now. It is just like probably that bad. 
Kareem Hunt's on IR. Nick Chubb, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Uh, OBJ's having apparently more drama because he's not getting the ball. Um, JOK's out. Devian Clowney's out. They have a couple other guys out for the season. So it's just been a really just bad luck year. And it feels like a lost year for them. It's feeling that way. I mean, if they lose to Pittsburgh, it's like, mm, which is very real. It's a very real possibility with their injuries. I, I don't know where you go. I don't know what you do. And, uh, and you, Tree, uh, before we came on here, you mentioned uh, that, uh, that, that you learned a lot in the restaurant industry with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, adding it to your, your YouTube page. So I was wondering, um, uh, can you elaborate a little bit more on, on what you learned? And uh, I'm a big Anthony Bourdain fan. I loved his show, uh, Parts Unknown, and uh, with No Reservations was before that. Um, did, did, you watch, did you watch the show at all? Uh, I did not watch Bourdain. I did watch a lot of, like, you know, Kitchen Nightmares and Restaurant Impossible and, you know, Bar Rescue, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I watched a ton of that stuff. I know you guys were coming in talking about John Taffer. And like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm not that point yet. <laughs> I'm just a dude. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I, like, with restaurant industry, I mean, I feel like, I mean, it does screw you over in a lot of ways. I mean, it's going through a tough time right now because, like, I feel like a lot of people, especially after the pandemic, reassess their situations. And it's like, wait a minute, like, what? why am I doing this to myself? So that's why they're having a lot of shortages there. But I feel like I learned more about myself, life, people in the world than I did in four years of college, just because you get that life experience. At least to me. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot like my time at Walmart, especially with that. And uh, oh, that was probably an adventure. I was a cart pusher, but so it was worse. Uh, But I imagine like a lot of a lot of like the situations you went through went through there. You kind of like channel into your into your YouTube personality, especially during these this week's in sports ball where it, it just makes seems you like, little, yeah, it makes you a little more jaded. Let's just put it that way, especially dealing with the, what they call the Karens. Oh dear God. <laughs> there were a the bunch of those. Oh yeah. We know about the carrots. <laughs> uh, buddy, dear I know God. all about them. Oh yes. And, and you treat Was there any radio person? Per, we also mentioned when we, before the show, we talked about 93, seven, the fan and stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, do you listen to Colin Dunlap and those guys, or, or do you listen to Mark uh, Madden there? Um, doesn't get much jaded in that. Yeah. I, oh, Mark Madden yeah. puts me to shame. <laughs> oh, dear God. That's what it's all about, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like uh, Juju Smith-Schuster donates money to charity and gives, like, Thanksgiving turkeys to, like, underprivileged families in Pittsburgh. That's what it's all about. Like, it's just, like, every time. But like, I mean, I haven't really listened to a lot of local stuff now. I feel like most of the time I'm listening to more like more of a macro perspective. So ever since I got XM, I feel like it's just much nicer because I don't have to listen to like, you know, the local stuff. And it like it gets pretty bad at times. It's like, oh, dear God. Yeah. I got to ask also, um, in terms of YouTube, I know that it's you and Chisel Adonis that are kind of like at the forefront in terms of Steelers fans out on YouTube. But are there other people that are lesser known that kind of either cover the Steelers or at least a Steelers fan that you'd like oh, yeah. to at least highlight out on? I think there's a guy named Adam Steele. I believe that's his name. Like he had a little beef with Mark Madden, and that's how I actually got like his thing with him. He's a big Steelers fan as well. So uh, definitely give him a look as well. I think he's more of like a he's more just a Steelers channel in general. So, like, I, I would say definitely look at him. Nice. All right, I know you're a fan. I, I only listen, not only listen to you. I know your boy, Five Points Vids, KTO. That, 
that's good sports as the Broncos got, right? Yeah, Brandon Perna. That's good sport. Yeah, Brandon Perna. How is it like work like working with them? It's uh, it's strange. It's more or less like it's just like, um, like five points. Like we do a couple streams together. Like we do a stream on Tuesday nights called the Dumpster Fire. Pretty low key, pretty sh- pretty chill. And then we do clickbait sports on Thursday, which is like the big thing. Like uh, it's actually at Tom Grossi's house. We were doing a live stream of the uh, Packers and Steelers game together. So it was not very good for me. <laughs> Scooter Magruder's on there as well. The, the mm-hmm. Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I mean, he's, he's going to be pretty rough, especially with the Cowboys being really good. So I'm, I'm not looking yeah. forward to that. No um, yeah, I was with Perna doing a broadcast of the Broncos Steelers game too, which is just like, man, the Broncos are bad. Dear Lord. <laughs> but, but also, I, I, if I recall correctly, there was like a big collaboration with all the YouTubers. It was even guys that are much more serious about their football talk. Like, oh, yeah. I listen to, I listen to Brett Coleman a lot for like, mm-hmm. in terms of the analytical, like X's and O's stuff. And he yes. kind of influenced me with a lot of that. Like how fun are those collaborations? Because it's there, like, those... a, it's like a, it's like a differing of styles. Oh yeah. It was more like low key. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed doing that mass collab last year. So I got like a bunch of guys who like, I know I like have networked with on Twitter or like, you know, people I talk to every now and again, like, or channels that follow me or I follow them. And I just feel like just shoot the shit. Like, Hey, M. Plemon, you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. You want to join me on my like sports ball? And I said, yeah. I was like, okay. So it's just like, it's more like just like a general working relationship. I would say, I mean, there are times where we meet up and like hang out and do shit. Like, I mean, Five points. I, I we I, we went to Daytona together to watch uh watch a race. Yeah, Daytona five hundred. Mm, well, not the five hundred. It's the Coke Zero Four. Oh. Daytona's uh, okay. in February. Oh, okay. uh, that, yeah, that's a day. I wish I could go to the Daytona five hundred. Dear God, that'd be incredible. Um, but like for the most part, like it's just like it's hard to really meet up with people because like they're all over the country. Like five points is in Virginia. Tom's in like New York. He's probably moving to Milwaukee in probably the next year or so. That's my best guess. Uh, Brandon's in Denver. If, no time to go there unfortunately like brett's in california he's like traveling around the country and i think he single-handedly jinxed the cleveland browns by being at their game against arizona so what about the carolina panthers as well Mm. i seen that i was like yeah i almost did a video on them and the sad part is i did a video on the miami dolphins and how they were doing the right way and rebuilding properly and all that stuff and that now they're just like they're just crap and i'm just like dear god what what did i do I thought they were going the right direction. What did you, my God, they are, they are disappointing. And I don't know how to say it. You true. I'm just curious to know, uh, how did you get the name urinating tree or how'd you come oh, up with that? Uh, that was just like, I wish I had this great story. It's just me being an edge Lord on Xbox live when I was 15. Like oh. that's pretty much all it is. It's just like, I'm playing, I think it was rainbow six. Um, I think Black Arrow, I think it was. It was like a game in the mid-2000s. It was online. And then I'm just sitting there. I'm playing. I was like, you know, it'd be a funny name. Urinating Tree. And then I just like, mm-hmm. it just stuck. I don't know why. It's just like, it's weird. It's a very like strange name. And I don't know why it stuck, but it stuck. <laughs> I thought it was funny when I was 15. So, well, <laughs> that's how it's. So what what is it like to have a big um, following? Because when we put it out on you on, on Twitter that we're having you on, we, we got a pretty good amount of 
uh, responses of people uh, that knew who you were. And one guy said, no way or something like that. Yeah, it, at Itsy Bum Bum. Yeah, he was surprised. <laughs> itsy <everything>. Bum Bum. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> That's a name. I should I should make that my name. <laughs> I'm going to rename myself. This week myself. in sports ball with Itsy Bum Bum. I mean, um, like, you don't realize it until, like, you actually take a look back and realize it. It's a strange situation because you – like you, you slowly grow it over time. You don't notice it. You think like, okay, like you have like a couple and then it grows a bit and then it grows a bit. And then just like, it generally like escalates over time. You hope it generally escalates over time, but it's just like, you don't realize it until it's like, Whoa, I'm almost at 500,000 subscribers. How did yeah. this happen? It's just like, it's just, you get so focused in like the daily minutia that you don't really pay attention to it. Did, did YouTube give you one of those uh, certification things? Oh uh, yeah, for the uh, one hundred thousand subscribers, I actually yeah, yeah. do. I have it right here. Oh, nice. I didn't really oh. announce it, but I do have it. <laughs> nice. nice. I, they don't do one for five hundred k. I think they do one for a mil. Oh, okay. But I mean, I, I'm not really worried about the numbers. I'm more or less worried about putting out like a product that doesn't suck. That's my yeah. main goal out of all of them. I feel like because like the, I mean, I, I feel like I get guilty of trying to chase numbers as well, especially when it's like this situation, like, okay, I'm this close to 500,000 and I'm in a busy season. I got to like push, push, push. But at the same time, if you keep pushing, like the quality of the content goes down. I think like, that's what I need to keep focused on. Cause like numbers don't really mean anything. If you're not producing anything of like quality, I feel like, at least in my mind. I got to ask. I've been trying to set this question up all day. Um, last night I was in the premiere of Chiseled Adonis's uh, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night uh, commentaries for the Bills and the Titans and, of course, the Steelers Seahawks. One person in there mentioned like, hey, when are you guys going to do a collab with with you? Because he mentions you in that mm-hmm. video, especially on the Seahawks and Steelers side. So, yeah. Have you ever thought about doing a uh, collaboration episode or have you already done it? We've done it once. We did it for like the week 12 sports ball. He had like a brief little segment there, but I'm definitely open to working with him again. It's just like the things haven't really worked out in that regard. Like, I just don't know if the styles would work together because I feel like he's more improv based, especially with like a lot of what he does. He's really good. I, I definitely don't deny that. He's he's very talented mother. But um. I mean, as I said, like, it just mostly depends on if it's like the right timing and situation, but I, I'm definitely open to it. It just depends on like when I feel like. You guys got any more? Oh, I'm good. Brandon, I'm good. We, we, we're just, this is an honor and a privilege, man. I just want to just say dude, that. Dude, I, I'm absolutely, I'm thankful like that you guys let me on. I'm absolutely appreciate it, dude. No, I mean, oh, I've been looking forward to your stuff since 2006. I'm a, I'm a day one guy. Nice. I know about yeah. the, the Jaguars, the Browns. You talked about I'm not, all the owners and everything, legacy nice. of failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, man, I, I'm, a, I'm just humbled to be talking to you for real. Like, I, just got, I just got one last question, What's especially up? with the um, with YouTube and, of course, the copyright strikes and stuff like that. It, hurt, it hurts a lot of YouTubers and stuff like that, but what's your best advice for someone who wants to do similar content to you or like a lot of these other guys and mm. just dealing with not only like the possible copyright strikes from 
from the NFL with YouTube, but just in general going through the entire thing? It more or less depends on like how you really approach it. I mean, that, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like the sponsorships, but I mean, like that's like the NFL claims everything, like mostly everything, like the training camp vids, they really like, maybe I'm lucky they don't, but for the most part, like sports ball is insta claimed by like nine different claims. So it just mostly depends on the leagues. I feel like MLB, MLB doesn't really claim anymore. They used to do all the time, but now I feel they've really relaxed that. The NBA's I feel like is the most like open. They don't really claim anything. I feel like uh, NHL's kind of hit or miss. Sometimes they claim, sometimes they don't. But I feel like for the most part, especially if you're starting out, don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about that. If like if it comes with time, and I mean. I mean, if the product is quality, that will come in time, I feel like, at least in my mind. So just focus on what you were doing. Just focus on the content of what you're doing. Focus on improving yourself. And then just at the same time, like, I mean, it, it, it does get grindy as well. Like, I mean, it's taken me years to get to this point as well. So, like, it, it's uh, it's like a, a kind of like a labor of love, per se. That's how I would say. But just, like, like I'm absolutely, like – accepting of anyone who wants to do this, especially because I feel like the internet is just so open that it's like definitely like a market for anyone, I feel like, but at the same time, like don't get like beat up over like low numbers or no money or anything like that. Because once again, like it's, it's something that takes time. Like cultivate your own garden. That's like my main advice, especially to a lot of people. Yeah. I've heard the same thing about, uh, the NBA, I heard the same thing about the NBA being uh they're they're pretty uh lenient mm-hmm. compared to the NFL. Oh yeah. Look at Chris move. Yeah. Oh, the NFL insta claims everything. Oh, I wish God. the NFL the NFL doesn't need us. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't ceased and desisted, but yeah. I mean, I guess I'm lucky to be able to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. I, I wish the NFL was a little bit, you know, maybe not so high on their horse because I heard uh, a couple of people that had uh, U- uh, YouTube channels and they got taken down because of, you know, old NFL videos and stuff that oh yeah that they actually filmed on their, you know, back then their VCR or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dodger Films was an old, like, baseball YouTuber. They used to do live reactions to Dodgers games. The MLB filed a cease and desist. This was back in, like, 2015. Oh, wow. so like they they thought it was like enough of like spoiling the game per se i mean they've they i mean baseball's finally embraced social media but it's like it's far behind say like an, an nba or even an nfl wow well that was urinating tree one of our best interviews and of course a uh, fellow point park alum like all all three of us and Tree, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. And again, we wish you the best of luck with this YouTube stuff and keep on roasting everybody, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. So that'll do it for this special episode of the Renegade Blitz. We did cover a little bit of Steelers recap, but we also wanted to make sure we got this great interview because, again, we want to make sure that you guys get you guys get the the best out there, the best YouTubers, the best beat writers, the best radio announcers whatever it is and again we thank you so much even for like 30 seconds of tuning in because all of that work that you guys like go tune in and all that stuff that's how we get these episodes and stuff like that we look forward to doing it again but that's all for us for chris ward and brandon walker i'm ty polk thank you for tuning in to the renegade blitz thank you for listening to the renegade blitz podcast 
Follow us on Twitter at RenegadeBlitz, at RBlitzPod, and at BlitzVideos. Read articles on RenegadeBlitz.com, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. The Renegade Blitz podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you can listen to podcasts.